to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks, everyone. You can take your seats. I thought, what do I do while you're clapping me? I'll just curtsy. <laughs> no one's done that before, right? Okay. Awesome. Are you glad you came to church tonight? I just love worship. You might already know that. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is April. And along with my husband, Nathan, uh, I lead the creative team here at Icon. They're an incredible team. They make us look really good. <laughs> So you might see me up here with a microphone, just not this one, usually, one that I'm singing into. Um, A bit about myself, I love music, Coldplay, Uh, Lainey, good fan of those, Uh, Billie Eilish, love Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, I mean, she can sing really high. If you ask me who I want to sing like, it is Ariana, because, I mean, then you compare it to Beyonce, and I'm like, it's a really tough choice, so... Yeah, tell me if you've got any strong opinions on that. Uh, I work at PwC, which is uh, called PricewaterhouseCoopers. I can already see some of you switching off. They're a professional services firm. I spend most of my time in law firms and construction businesses doing audits and other kind of reviews like that. I've lost you all, okay? Well, it's really kind of interesting, mostly because I get to go and eat out at really fancy restaurants and not pay for it. Not because I steal it, because <laughs> work pay. <laughs> um, so I'm nearly finished training to be an accountant. Um, I'm currently on maternity leave, so I've still got another year left. I've already done two years of training. It's been a hard slog, but I'm very excited that it's going to be over next year. <laughs> and I could say, woo, I'm qualified, I'm an accountant. And you'll all be like, what does that mean? What do you do in your everyday life? And I'll say, I can't explain it to you, so I won't try. Last year, I became a mum. Some of you might have been here last week uh, when we got Roman dedicated. And really, being a mum has changed my life, as you would expect. Um, Mostly because I find that I'm always waiting around for things. So uh, I'm either waiting for Roman to eat. So he does this thing where you'll give him something to eat. So I give him like some toast and he'll play with it for a while. He'll squish it around, see what he can do with it, see where he can throw it. And then he'll try and eat it about an hour after I've given it to him. So I'm always waiting for him to do things, to eat, to sleep. I don't know if you've got kids in here, but you're probably aware that they don't like to just go to sleep. They tend to uh, fight it for a while. So I'll leave him in his bed and then I'll come back two minutes later because he's crying and you turn him over and you're like, okay, go to sleep now, go to sleep. And you walk out the room and then you hear it again and then you do it again. And it's very frustrating. (laughs) Lots of waiting around. And tonight I want to talk about waiting. And my question to you is, what are you waiting for? Now, this could make you think of loads of different things. You might be thinking, okay, well, I'm waiting for my tea when I get home. You might be thinking, well, I'm waiting to go to bed tonight. I'm waiting for Bake Off on Tuesday. (laughs) Great program, yeah? But I'm thinking more long-term. What are you waiting for? We live in quite an impatient society. Would you agree? Everything seems to be instant. Do you need some food? 
here's a McDonald's. Oh, and two miles away, there's another McDonald's and there's another one. There's lots of McDonald's. Uh, or here's a ready meal. <laughs> Who just moved to McDonald's? Oh, of course, Jacob Yeomans. I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> they should pay you. So you need food. There's a McDonald's, there's a ready meal. Here's some instant noodles. I love instant noodles. It's really bad, but I do. Do you need a photo? Well, here's an iPhone or a Polaroid or a camera. Do you need some information? Google it. That is my life motto. If I need something, if I need to know something, I'll just Google it. Or ask Siri or Alexa or any of these other very intelligent uh, pieces of equipment. Do you need some entertainment? Go on YouTube, Spotify, Netflix, the PS4, Amazon Prime, Now TV. There are other very good platforms available. But there are so many options. Do you need a friend? Well, here are 100 ways to communicate. We've got Instagram, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, WhatsApp, phone call, FaceTime, text messaging, if anyone actually does that anymore. Do you need a confidence boost? Here are some likes on Facebook or Instagram to help you feel better. All of these instant fixes. Now, I don't personally think that this is a bad thing. I actually think a lot of these things can help us be more efficient in life. They can actually improve our lives. Like I say, I will just Google things. And before, it might be that you had to go to a library and find a book and look it up. Now, Google literally knows the answer. I mean, I think that's incredible. It leaves time for other things. So I think about when I'm at work, it is so much faster to have a video call than it is to drive two hours to London or wherever and you know have a face-to-face -face conversation when you can just do it face-to-face -face on Google Hangouts, right? So I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. But we do find that there are things that we have to wait for. So not everything can be instant. And I think this is where maybe people my age and a bit younger start to get a little bit, oh, okay, why do I have to wait for something? I'm used to it being instant. I'm used to McDonald's. I'm used to the iPhone, right? Do you need experience? Well, you're going to have to spend some time getting it. That is what experience is. <laughs> Do you need great friends? You're going to have to build some relationships, and that takes time. Do you need or do you, do you want a family? Well, it takes at least nine months, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Do you need a house? You're going to have to save up over time. Do you need to lose weight? It takes time and some dedication. Do you need a bus? Oh my gosh, I hate buses. I'm just going to vent because I feel like I spent half my teenage life waiting for a bus just stood there going, well, it's meant to come two minutes ago. Turns up 20 minutes later and you're about to punch the bus driver. But um, they're definitely not instant. Do you need a job? Well, it's taken me three years studying maths at uni and then two years doing exams at work and then a year off to have a baby and next year I'll be qualified and I'll have a job. <laughs> Easy, right? So it, it takes a while to do some things. Do you need to learn patience? That's the thing that is going to take time. I remember the day that Nathan proposed. You would hope that I would remember. <laughs> Otherwise, he did a bad job. He did a good job. It was great. Um, it was our four-year anniversary. So he'd already made me wait four years. <laughs> right? Four, four years. It's quite a long time. And we went to Whitby for the day. Oh, really romantic. And he had this big plan. And I was waiting all day. Are you going to propose yet? I'm just, just going to do it? Now, I didn't exactly know that he was going to propose, but I had, like, it was in my mind, and I'm thinking, you know, he's been a bit suspicious lately. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And he said, oh, we're going to go to this beach, um, like a little drive away, and then we're going to have dinner in this pub. 
Okay, so we get to this beach, and it turns out he'd had this whole great plan that he'd go on the beach and he'd propose to me, but when we got there, the tide was in. <laughs> so it was more like splashing waves. What did you say? I can't, I can't actually hear you. No, it was really romantic, and I cried. So, yeah. But it did make me wait all day, and I was very impatient, I have to say. So what are you waiting for? I want you to think about it right now. Get in your head that thing, that event, that new start, the relationship, the career, or the change that you are personally waiting for. Have you got it in your head? Okay. I'm going to show you a couple of definitions. So the first one is the definition of patience. That's helpful, isn't it? This is nice. I don't know what that says, but that says patience. <laughs> patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. So it's the capacity, the ability, to wait, yeah, without becoming annoyed or anxious, so in peace. So I would say patience, the capacity to wait in peace. Who in this room would consider themselves to have been impatient at some point? Yeah, you're lying if you don't have your hand up, because we've all been impatient at times. I'm very impatient with my son sometimes, just because, go to sleep. Well, I find it really interesting that the root of this word, that's helpfully on the bottom here, the root of the word patient is the same as the root for suffering. And I do think that for those of us who have been impatient, all of us, um, we can often think that we are suffering when we have to be patient. There's kind of a thing about it where you go, I don't really want to be patient. I don't really want to wait because I want it right now. Why do I have to wait? Waiting's boring. What am I doing while I'm waiting, right? So then I've got the definition of impatience. This is the tendency to be impatient, helpful, thanks for that Google. Um, irritability or restlessness. Tonight we have actually sung about restlessness. My restless heart will rest in you. And I do think that some of you tonight are feeling a little bit impatient and you're feeling a bit restless. Maybe you need to ask God to calm your restlessness. Maybe that song was for you tonight, that my restless heart will rest in you. My impatient heart will find peace in the waiting. Sometimes we have to ask God to give us the capacity to wait in peace. So what are you waiting for tonight? What is causing you impatience? Tonight, I really believe that God wants you to know that you don't have to suffer while you're waiting. That there isn't a plan for you to just sit silently stewing. I'm waiting for that thing to happen. Why hasn't it happened yet? And you're internally having this turmoil and going, I'm just, I'm so impatient. Why hasn't it happened yet? Why do I have to wait all this time? I really believe that God is saying, you don't need to suffer. That is not what I'm asking you to do. There can be a peace in your waiting. And tonight, I would love to share with you two major lessons that I, I have learned. Um, is that okay? Is that all right? You're still out there? Yeah. Two major lessons. I mean, I say lessons, I sound like a teacher. They might mean nothing to you, but hopefully they will mean something because they do to me. So the first major lesson that I'd love to share with you is... Impatience leads to improper action. Impatience leads to improper action. No one knows this better than Sarah, who was the wife of Abraham in the Bible. 
You can find this story in Genesis 17, but I'm just going to paraphrase, tell you the story in my own words. So God promised Abraham that he would have descendants as many as the stars. That's a lot. He's going to have a lot of kids, basically, is what he said. You're going to have loads of people in your family tree. This was despite the fact that Abraham and his wife, Sarah, were actually unable to have kids when they were younger. And they were too old to have kids by the time God made this promise to them. So already you're thinking, okay, (laughs) that seems kind of impossible, but God's making the promise. So, you know, we'll go with it. Also, despite God reinforcing this promise over lots of years, he kept telling them this is going to happen. When the promise wasn't fulfilled right away, Sarah decided, I'm going to take things into my own hands. So she, she wasn't up for the waiting, really. She just thought, I'm sick of waiting. God said it's going to happen, so I'm going to just hurry it along a little bit. She suggested, it's a great idea, oh, Abraham, why don't you sleep with my handmaiden? That's a great idea, yeah? Yeah, okay. Well, no one's saying anything. You would have been terrible friends to Sarah. You should be saying, no, that is a bad idea. Stop it. He said, she said to him, why don't you have a child with my handmaiden? Um, and Abraham took her advice, also kind of silly. Um, and the resulting child was Ishmael. And actually, years and years after this original promise, when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 99, they actually had a child, Isaac. So Sarah interfered and didn't really do it the right way. And in the end, she ended up, years after, she was still waiting, she had her son. So what can we learn from this story? Impatience leads to improper action. If you're impatient, you might be tempted to start interfering and start trying it your own way. Sarah was so impatient. She, she took matters into her own hands and decided, I'm going to do things my way. And that didn't really work out for her because she ended up with a different child that wasn't hers. And then she ended up with her child as well. So she had... It was just confusing. Impatience leads to improper action. Now, interestingly, even though Sarah interfered, I I do find it interesting that she still ended up with the promise that God made her in the first place. So, you know, she did all her own bit and it's almost like God was like, okay, well, you've done that. I'm still going to follow through my promise. I'm still going to give you what I promised. Um, Because there's still hope, even if you have interfered, right? I don't know whether you tonight are thinking, oh gosh, I've done that. I'm waiting for something. I'm waiting for this big thing to happen. And I've interfered and I've took matters into my own hands. And now, oh, maybe I should have just waited. Well, there is hope for you. Because just like Sarah, you can still see that promise fulfilled. I really believe that. I think that we need to learn to be wise. We need to learn to know when to act and when not to act. Do you need wisdom? (laughs) It's going to take some time. That is not an instant thing. My son has woken up. I agree. Just to interrupt me. I've got a great Bible verse from Ecclesiastes that I'd love to read. It's a bit long, but hopefully you'll get the point of it. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. Time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. Time to keep and time to throw away. Time to tear, time to mend, time to be silent, time to speak, time to love, time to hate, time to walk, and time for peace. It's like a wrap. Thanks. I didn't even practice that. I can go on that album. 
Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink. I love this verse. Each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift of God. There is a time for everything. And we need to learn when that time is. Sounds simple, right? Yeah. We need to learn that there is a time for everything. I find it interesting that this verse is also making a link between having patience and wisdom to know when to act and also being at peace. It's almost like it's saying, when you've cracked this, when you realise there is a time to do this and a time not to do this, then you can find satisfaction in life. You can eat and drink, we like that, and you can be happy. It's actually saying there is a way to exist in peace even when you're waiting. There is a way to exist without suffering even while you're being impatient. This reminds me of when I was in labour. That's not something you can rush, I'm going to be honest. You just have to wait, otherwise it's painful. I mean, it's painful anyway, but it would be more painful if you tried to rush it, right? I had to wait, I had to be really patient, and I had to be at peace knowing that everything was going to turn out right. So that is the first major lesson I wanted to share with you tonight that impatience leads to improper action. And the second major lesson is patience leads to a proper process. If you're patient, then you are walking properly through the process. I asked you earlier, what are you waiting for? Think about it right now. Think about it again. Think about that thing, that event, that new start, that relationship, that career, or that change, or that something else that you are waiting for. Why do we have to wait? Why? Are you thinking about it? Do you have an answer? See, sometimes I think we do have an answer and we can see really clearly why God is saying, wait, you're not ready yet. And actually, some other times, we have no idea why we're waiting. Um, And that's when I get the most impatient, when I can't understand why God is saying, that's not for you yet. Why do we have to wait? I believe we need to learn to appreciate the process and not just demand everything to happen right now. That we can appreciate being at peace while we're waiting for something. There was a praise report this morning and tonight that actually really tied into this very well. And it said, I can see why God waited to put me in this job now. I thought that was so great because actually with hindsight, we do see more. We, we see it after it's happened. But what if you decided to trust God before you understood? What if we decided, God, I'm going to trust that you have the perfect plan, even though I don't see it. It's so easy to say and so difficult to do. Now, I, I learned this um, recently, or I say I learned it. I learned about this. I've definitely not got it down to a two. Because when I was pregnant, I had really bad sickness. Now, I'm not going to call it morning sickness because it was all day. And um, it was really quite crippling. I had four weeks off work. I'm not the kind of person to even take a day off work if I'm sick. Um, I couldn't really move without wanting to be sick. I was laid at home on my sofa, just I would move to be sick, literally. And this lasted the whole pregnancy. 
I was being sick multiple times a day for about 30 weeks. And that is over seven months of every day, waking up and eating or not eating, being sick or feeling sick until I was actually sick. And then repeat. As you can imagine, it was pretty miserable. Um, I, I used to go to sleep right at the start and cry a lot, to be honest. I'm not the kind of person to come and f- like wear my heart on my sleeve, so I don't think people really knew this about me, but I was really struggling. It was mostly just to Nathan. He loves it when I cry. Men know not what to say when you cry. But this was a really unbearable time for me, and I just kept praying for it to end. I just kept saying, God, where is my healing? Why do I have to go through this? Why am I suffering? When is this season going to be over? Because I had no answers. I, I didn't know what to do. And in that moment, I was just lost. I do believe that God has really grown me through that process. And I don't know why I had to go through it. I don't know why I had to suffer. But I do know that he's brought good out of it. And I, I don't even think I've seen all the good that he's going to bring out of it. I really do know that he has worked through it. And maybe you're in that place tonight and you're just going, I'm waiting and I feel like I'm suffering. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere and I don't understand why I have to keep waiting. Well, God wants you to know that he's doing something. He's not being silent on you. He is working through it and he makes all things work together for God. One of our songs called Love For Me, (laughs) cheeky album plug here. Great song, going to be on the album. It has a lyric and it says, In every season, you'll always be enough. In you, my soul will trust whatever comes. And this was so true for me. In every season, whether I am happy, sad, suffering, not, I don't know. But in every season, God is always enough. And in, in Him, my soul trusts. And just singing that and declaring that just really changed my outlook and changed how I was coping with that situation. You know, it's not comfortable, but getting patience is valuable. So it's time to ask tonight, what is God doing in the process? What are you learning? What is it achieving? And sometimes this isn't obvious, and we need to trust that God is working behind the scenes. But maybe it is obvious to you tonight, and you just have to say, okay, I accept that I'm going to have to wait days, months, years for this dream to be achieved, for this thing that I'm waiting for to happen. But I know that God is with me through it. And I know that incredible things are going to happen from this. A verse in Romans, chapter 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Be patient in affliction. I mean, these are just three statements and they're pretty hard hitting, I think. Be joyful in hope, okay? I think I can do that. I can hope and be happy about it. Patient in affliction. Oh, I'm not sure I can do that one. Can I have a different one, God? Please. Be patient in your suffering and be faithful in prayer. I'm going to close tonight by praying for us because I do believe that being faithful in prayer is what gets you to the other side. What do you do while you're waiting? You pray. You be faithful in prayer and you keep declaring over your life, God has something incredible for me. I'm not waiting without purpose, but I'm waiting and there's a proper process that's going to happen here. And I really believe that there's something incredible at the end. He makes all things work together for God. So I believe that you might be one of two groups here tonight. The first group, you're waiting for a season to end. 
You're in some kind of struggle and you just want God to move you out of it. You've been asking Him, God, I just want to, I want out of this. I want it to be over. And that is so where I was while I was pregnant. I was just thinking, look, I know I'm going to get a really cute baby at the end of this. It did, it did give me that. (laughs) But I just want out, okay? I just want it to be over. I can't keep being sick like this. I can't deal, right? And maybe that is you, you're waiting for your season to end. Well, I believe that God is doing something in this process. He's growing you through your struggle. So you're not just waiting, you're actually growing, even if you can't see that. And the second group of people, I believe you're waiting for a season to start. You're in the waiting and you want God to do something new. You want Him to get you to the next season. You're like Sarah, you want the promise now. You wanna see it happen. Or you're like me, you want your labour to end really quickly. You want a baby. You want new baby season to start where everyone goes, oh, look at the cute baby. Maybe you're there. I mean, if you are like Sarah, I wanna tell you, resist the urge to interfere. You don't, you don't need to do anything because God has already done it. You don't need to interfere because He's already made a way. All you have to do is wait and be at peace. God is doing something in the process. He's preparing you for what is ahead. You don't know what lessons you're gonna learn until you get there. You don't know that in those years time, when you finally see this thing happen, that you'll have learned all these different things that you realise with hindsight, I could never have done that unless I'd learned all these things in the waiting. Tonight, maybe you need to ask God to give you the capacity to wait in peace. I don't believe you're meant to suffer while you wait. I believe there's an internal peace found in waiting, even if outwardly you are suffering. I believe that you can find rest even in the waiting. You can find your rest in God because in every season, He is enough. I'm gonna read a verse from Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the word anxious, you could swap it out for restless or impatient. Do not be restless about anything, but pray. Do not be impatient about anything, but pray. I believe tonight that we can pray and it gives us the confidence to walk through this season of waiting into everything that God has for us. I'd love it if we all stand, because I'm gonna pray for us tonight and then we're gonna worship together. God, I thank you for every person that is here tonight. Thank you that they made the decision to be here in church tonight. And I pray that you have spoken something into their heart tonight, God. Something about how when they're waiting, that you are there, God. That even though they feel they're in this limbo, this season where nothing seems to be happening, that you can give them the boldness and the confidence, God, to believe that you have an incredible plan for their dream. I pray, God, for those who are waiting for something to end. I pray that you give them perseverance, God. For those people who feel like they're suffering and there's no end to it, God, I believe you can give them peace tonight. So I pray, God, let your peace fall on us in this moment. As we sang earlier, it is well. I believe that we're gonna declare that together. We're gonna pray, God, it is well with my soul. And even when I don't feel like it is, I'm gonna declare it over my life. I pray for those who are waiting for a season to start. God, I pray that you give them patience. I pray you show them the value in waiting. 
I pray that You give them the self-control to resist the urge to interfere like Sarah did, but that they can know that You have planned it all out so intricately and there isn't a moment that is wasted in their waiting, God. I believe that in every season, You are enough. And I just pray right now, God, that You will give us the capacity to wait in peace together. Come on, let's sing together. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.